Welcome to the HMO Experience, the UK's only HMO-focused property podcast, where every Monday, Matt, Jamie and Steve will inform and inspire you about everything to do with HMOs, rent-to-rent, and how to set up and grow a successful HMO business, whether you're just starting out or you're already on your way. Welcome back, everyone, to the HMO Experience. My name is Jamie Medill. I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. How you doing? Great to have you guys here with us today. Now, this is a really great episode today because we are going to be giving you uh, an overview about how you can set up and run your rent-to-rent business. Now, as Matt mentioned in episode three in the last episode, so many of these steps you can replicate whether you're looking to buy HMOs as well. So I'll jump in there and uh, ask him a few questions on that. Sure. But Matt's got 11 uh, stages or steps that he goes through from literally finding the property all the way to handing it back at the end of the contract. Mm-hmm. And I think that this foundational learning is going to be invaluable for you. So uh, without further ado, uh, I'm going to ask Matt, Matt, what is stage number one? So stage number one, um, as you can imagine, is actually finding uh, the right property for you. So that involves um, doing your research, um, so using online resources, um, Rymove, uh, Zoopla, um, Spare Room, Open Rent, those kind of um, platforms. And also um, you can use landlord lists, um, you can use Facebook and Gumtree, um, and you can use um, a load of offline resources such as Flyering or Guerrilla marketing, where you see to let boards, and you can, um, you know, you can uh, fly drop in there or put notices on, which will um, sort of draw the landlord's attention. So that really um, sort of encompasses um, the first step along the workflow and um, finding uh, the property that suits you. So you will already know your criteria, um, and we'll go um, uh, deeper into um, you know your area and the specific criteria that you look for. I think in episode five, where we cover yep. the gold mine area. Um, but this is very much the first step which gets you going and um, and gets you moving along the workflow. Thanks, Matt. That's cool. And again, as Matt said, we're, we're going to dig deeper into each of these steps in future uh, episodes. So come back and, and look out for those. So, uh, Matt, that was step number one. What's step number two, please? So step number two, um, once you have um, found the right um, property that matches your criteria, um, it's then arranging viewings. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is... From a rent-to-rent perspective, this is pretty much a numbers game. So uh, volume um, counts massively. So the more um, viewings you can try to arrange, the better. Um, you know, when I started um, the first, I think, six or eight weeks, I was probably doing about 100 calls a day in order to try and get somewhere close to 10 or 12 viewings a week. Um, and... You know, the hurdle to overcome there is, um, as I'm sure if you've already um, started on your rent-to-rent journey or if you're thinking about it and you've, you know, you've had feedback or learnings is obviously getting past the first um, gatekeeper who's the agent yeah. and, you know, making them uh, understand the uh, position that you're coming from in terms of um, a corporate let um, and what you're aiming to achieve in terms of, you know, creating a co-living um, uh, environment and experience for housemates. Um, and that that is, you know, when you're first starting off, it's probably the most daunting aspect because, you know, you're not quite sure what to say. Yeah. Um, but from my experience, and I've tried a, a few different approaches, like honesty always wins. Just yeah. being straight up front and saying, look, this is um, who I am. This is what we do. Um and, you know, building rapport and relationship with the agent to enable you to 
um, you know, get to see the first property. And once you've seen one, you've seen two, then you start getting into a bit of a flow of things. And, you know, things go from there. And like yeah. I said, it is pretty much a numbers game. Yeah, and uh, I think it's great that Matt shared that it took him a long time to get going and he's seen certain number of properties. You've also touched on the point about being a bit uncertain because you've done this before. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to give you, those who listen to this podcast, um, further episodes on how you can hack that, how you can sure. make that quicker. So watch out for some HMR hacks. Yeah. Uh, we're going to give you some tips on how you can get some extra confidence uh, and really become credible very quickly. So sure. you can speed up this whole process. Cool. Thanks, Matt. So step number three, what is step number three, please? So step number three is um, offer and negotiation. So you've gone through the first couple of steps. You've found the properties. You've arranged a viewing. You've You've found one that is suitable for you, where you've had the dialogue with the um, either the agent or the landlord, and they're open to um, a, a corporate let. Yep. So now it's um, it's the number crunching time and making sure that um, actually from um, a numbers perspective, the property is a property that you should be offering on. Um, so you know it's carrying out your deal analysis and doing your research. You know knowing what the average room rents are. Um, in the area, um, in your gold mine area, and then being able to put all that um, together, um, you know, having uh, a good idea about um, the utilities and council tax that you need to pay, you know, any um, management costs, um, obviously um, any uh, allocation for void periods, that kind of thing, yeah. and then crunching those numbers to um, be able to put forward a proposal um, which you're comfortable with. Um, and you know which meets your um, which meets your criteria, and then enables you to to make money ultimately out of out of the property that you're aiming to sure. um, uh, on board. Yeah, thanks, Matt. And again, don't be scared of the numbers. I'm uh, mm-hmm. sitting here in front of you for those watching, and for those of you listening, I'm sitting here uh, as someone who doesn't like the numbers. Yeah. I know how vitally important they are, but it doesn't come naturally to me. So we're going to share with you in a f- future episode how to not guess the numbers, how to work them out accurately, mm-hmm. and that gives you massive confidence when going to secure a property. For sure. Which means that like Matt, you can then go to the agent or the landlord directly and make an offer knowing that if that offer is accepted, you're going to make you know a chunk of money and you've determined what that profit margin is before you go and make the offer. Yeah. So we're going to give you some insight into that in a future episode. I think just to expand on that a little bit as well, in terms of um, putting forward your proposal, um, you know, I, I think the one thing that I've learned is is setting out um, the proposal with enough detail yeah. to um, alleviate um, a load of questions coming back. Sure. So um, we use a, 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 an email template which we've developed over time, which you know covers everything from uh, general points regarding the viewing. You know, any works that you feel that are required up front. Um, obviously, the term that you're proposing and the rent that you're proposing. Um, you know, the type of um, uh, housemates or the type of customers that you're looking to um, house within the property. Um, and it also, you know, gives a, um, a detailed explanation about um, uh, our company background. Um, and it just, it just uh, paints a, a much clearer picture to the agent or to the landlord about what you're aiming to achieve. And it, it justifies why you're offering the rental that you're offering yeah. and how you're going to look after their property going forward. Cool. Um, that's certainly a template that um, you know happy to share. So we'll put um, uh, a link in the description. So it's something that you guys can use as a resource. Um, but I think that has helped certainly from our uh, proposal perspective um, just to add a lot of um, clarity mm-hmm. um, and to reduce the number of questions or hurdles to overcome coming back. 
Great stuff. Oh, that's cool. That's a great resource. Yeah. So thanks for offering that, Matt. So step number four is property onboarding. Tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, so property onboarding. So you've um, gone through the first three steps. Your offer's been accepted, which is great. And then it's going through the process of um, making sure that the property's compliant. Okay. So having um, your um, gas safety certificate, your electrical certificate, you know, making sure that appliances are pat tested and making sure that the um, licensing requirements are either already in place or being put in place, you know, fire doors, smoke alarms, thumb locks, fire blankets, all those types of things. Um, and that really um, sets out the, uh, the property for you to then being able to furnish it. So once you've got, um, once you've got the uh, base sorted out, you've got all the mandatory requirements, the you know, regulatory and licensing requirements set up then you're ready to go on to the next stage. Cool. Now, uh, thank you, Matt. Now, I, I appreciate that that can sound quite daunting. Yeah. There's a lot of detail there, but please don't worry about it. Again, like Max said, we're going to be sharing with you loads of resources to help you to, sure. to make this a lot easier for you and to give you some extra HMO hacks that you can get results quicker and faster Love and easier. Love Love hacks. hacks. So one of those hacks is we're going to be giving you our HMO setup guide. Mm. Again, it'll be in the description. There'll be links in there too. So uh, cool. Thank you, Matt. So next stage is you've got the property, uh, you have onboarded it. What's next? So next, you um, you need to furnish it. So you may be lucky and um, taken a property that already has furniture in it, which is great. Um, the one thing you need to um, check is to make sure that the uh, furniture is uh, fire compliant, especially the beds and mattresses. Um, but if it is unfurnished, then you know you need to put the basics in place. So as you're providing an all-in-one service to your housemates or your customers, um, you need to make sure that the kitchen is set up. So in addition to fridges and cookers, you know, microwaves, cutlery, crockery, cups, um, dishes, plates, all that kind of stuff. And in the in the bedrooms, you know, having a head, which is helpful. That's useful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, having wardrobe, a chest of drawers. If it is a big room, you know, can you put in a table and chairs, or can you put in like some additional uh, furniture which will fill in the space and make it look more attractive? Sure. Um, so that really takes care of um, the furnishing aspect because you need to have um, the end in mind. Ultimately, you're going to be um, renting to perspectives who will want to move into something that's ready to go. Yeah. So you need to make sure that you cover all the bases so that, you know, once the property is ready and you start marketing it, it is ready to go. Yeah. And, and as Steve mentioned in the last episode, it's all about knowing what your customers want. So who is your target customer and then providing them what they want. Now, again, that can sound very expensive, providing all that stuff. Yeah. And in the early days when Steve and I got our first few rent-to-rents, we bought everything. Oh, wow. um, but actually, we've, uh, I think I shared this with you recently, Matt. Yeah. Now we don't buy everything. We yeah, lease yeah. it. Uh, and again, we use the rental profit from the rent to pay for the monthly lease costs. Nice. So again, it's quicker, easier, cheaper to set your rental rent ups and furnish them accordingly. Cool. So let's move on to the next stage, Matt. What is stage number six? Now, stage number six is housemate marketing. So uh, this is um, uh, one of the most important steps in terms of drawing attention to the product that you have available, yeah. i.e. the rooms in the house um, or your flat. Um, and it involves everything from um, staging. So you've already furnished uh, the rooms and the rest of the property. The staging is making it look pretty for pictures. Yeah. Yeah. So having um, professional pictures taken, uh, having a video tour if that's possible as well, um, and then making sure that you utilize those resources to post across 
um, uh, you know, a number of different platforms. Obviously, Spare Room is the most common one. Uh, you can use OpenRent. Uh, because I, um, our business is in London, uh, we use a platform called Spotter Home as well, um, which um, actually uh, gives you the uh, professional pictures, uh, video tour and a floor plan free um, in return for um, uh, a fee that they charge for any bookings that are placed through their platform, okay. which is super useful. Um, uh, yeah, so posting that and making sure you've got um, a template, um, a room description and property description, like your um, tenant outreach messages for the spare room, um, daily updates that you get through, because you want to make sure that you are hitting as many eyeballs as possible. Again, going back to you know the property sourcing, it, it is a numbers game. Yeah. Like you want to make sure that not only is your um, are your rooms attractive, uh, but they're being seen by as many people as possible. Cool. Because the more views you have, the more likelihood you're you know of conversions and being able to um, to get housemates or customers into your property sooner. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. And of course, the key is, let's face it, you want to make money. Sure. So the, you, the faster you follow step, uh, Matt's advice, you follow this step, you do it the right way, the sooner you get your rooms filled, yeah. the quicker you make money. It's as simple as that. Exactly. And uh, I'm going to mention it again, we love our HMO hacks. Yeah. We're going to be showing some hacks. hacks. <laughs> so uh, it, about a billion years ago, I used to work in advertising, and uh, I'm, going to get, I'm going to share with you one of the hacks. Not only our ad template, which you can copy, nice. uh, but also follow three key steps to make your ads really stand out, to make sure you get that response quickly. So we'll, we'll cover that uh, in another episode. Cool. Um, okay, so Matt, you've now got people moving in. Yep. What is the next uh, part of the process there, please? So the next part is um, obviously onboarding or checking in your um, your housemates, your customers, and that involves everything from you know carrying out um, reference checks, taking a holding deposit, if you're gonna take a holding deposit, um, taking a, a room deposit um, as well, uh, and making sure that you know you use a, a relevant deposit scheme as well if you're going to take a deposit or if you're going to pay for um, deposit replacement insurance it's completely up to you that's a whole new episode we're yeah. going to cover that in a new episode there's a lot of details that's, in there. that's cool um, but yeah going through that making sure that you've uh, once the referencing is sorted out you've got the agreement signed you take your first month's you know rent up front you get a direct debit or a standing order set up um, and then it's um, obviously the physical aspect of um of checking people in, so making sure that you give them um, an orientation around the property, around the room, make sure that they know where all the facilities are. Um, something which we're um, introducing into our properties um, as well is is a house guide. So it gives them uh, like an area guide as to you know where the house is, where the local um, uh, supermarkets are, or gyms, or um, tube stations or bus stops, that type of thing. Right. But also a bit more detail about, you know, where to find the stopcock and where the boiler is and what the Wi-Fi code is and all that kind of stuff. So it just enables, it gives them a little bit more of um, a welcoming experience. So really that that process is all part of the onboarding. And once they're checked in, you're set and good cool. to go. Great stuff. So once they're in there and they're yeah. paying you rent, yes. uh, what's step number eight? Number eight is um, property management or um, an our business we call accommodation services. So that is, um, you know, your, the property that you've taken on is, um, uh, is an entity that needs to be looked after. So it's everything from um, carrying out regular inspections, making sure that it's clean, um, you know, communicating with the housemates with mm. regards to issues um, or problems or anything like that. So I think we both use WhatsApp groups yeah. uh, for houses because it's instant communication. 
um, you know, uh, making sure that um, uh, rent is paid on time, you know, dealing with any uh, negative consequences of, you know, non-payment of rent or having to go through, you know, any uh, eviction process, which I know is covered separately with regards to um, the next step. Uh, but kind of managing all of that aspect to make sure that you um, look after the property and provide a, a safe, livable environment for yeah. your housemates and your customers. Cool. And again, the essence or, or really the, uh, the the whole ethos behind how we all operate our renter and HMO businesses mm. and those HMOs that we own as well is the better you look after people, the better the customer services, mm. the longer they're going to stay there. Yeah. So with the first... Uh, house that Steve and I took on board and rent to rent in Bedford. Mm. Um, our first tenant back in 2014 is still there. Oh, wow. He's been paying, what's that, six and a half years, almost seven years now. Lifetime um, value. It's amazing. Yeah. That's because we look after him. He's a great customer. Uh, and uh, again, we get the benefit too. So please look after your customers. They'll stay with you longer typically and they'll pay you higher rent. Yeah, cool. Sure. So thanks, Matt. So what's next? Um, Next is step number nine. Which step is, nine. Yeah, so, uh, you know, check out. There will come a point where um, your housemates, your customers will decide to move on for whatever reason. Sure. Um, uh, you know, that that is a voluntary process or an enforced process, as I mentioned previously, where, you know, there is a non-payment of rent. Yep. So there is going through those, um, through the checkout steps, you know, getting uh, the right notice period in place, making sure that you carry out your, um, your checkout report, you know, once the room is vacant, making sure you get it set up again and marketed and, and ready to go so that you can fill it sooner. Um, and like I say, there's also the the um, the not so savory side of, you know, having to go through an eviction process, which touch wood, we've been super lucky so far not to have to. And, you know, I know that there will most likely come a time where that will be experienced. Um, I know there's a, you know, some regulatory changes that are potentially in the offering as well, which I'm sure something that we'll cover in, in a lot more detail in yeah, a, in a separate, episode. separate episode. Yeah. Um, but that kind of deals with, you know, the, um, the checkout, the offboarding process. And then really the cycle starts again in terms of marketing, onboarding, you know, the accommodation services or property management is ongoing. Great stuff. Thanks, Matt. Um, so you've so your your customer's been there, left for whatever reason, what and you've remarketed. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, step number ten? So step number ten is is really um, uh, a little bit more holistic. So we um, uh, you know actively engage the landlords who um, whose properties we take over because yeah. you know it's key to build um, a good relationship with them as well because there will come a time when something goes wrong which they're responsible for yeah um and you know to have um good communication and being and um, prompt with notifying them and keeping on top of them as well let's be fair um uh in terms of um you know what you're doing um with the property and how you're looking after it and one thing that we do is um send out uh, a quarterly schedule of conditions which you know has a summary of the inspections that we carry out a summary of the cleaning that we carry out you know, um, a rent payment um, summary as well, so they can see our oh, rent is always paid on time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, details of any maintenance works that we've had to take care of, as well as anything that we've had to notify to the landlord, mm-hmm. which is their responsibility and how that's been managed. Um, and really that all helps with, you know, building rapport, letting the landlord know that you've entrusted a property to us and it's as much of an investment for us as it is for you and we're looking after it. Yeah, I think that's really, really important. Um, like we said about better communication with your customers who are renting the rooms, as Matt says, mm. the same for your landlords. 
the better you look after your landlords, the better you look after the house, the better you communicate with them, the sure. chances are they're going to stay with you longer. Exactly. And again, if you can secure a property on a rent or an HMO basis and have it for three, five, seven, ten years, you're going to make significant amounts of money. Yeah. And I think almost over-communicating, sure. um, sharing with the landlord what you're doing on a week-by-week -week basis, um, again, proves the value you can give them. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. So last step, step number 11, what happens then? Step number 11 is uh, you've come to the end of um, your um, your contract term uh, with the landlord on the property, and it is the process of um, making sure that you hand it back with vacant possession and making sure that you hand it back in as close to a state as it was when you took it over, you know, two, three, four, five years ago. Sure. Um, now, you will have um, certain responsibilities, uh, depending on the terms of your corporate agreement or management agreement with regards to reinstatement and fair wear and tear. And if there was an inventory um, or a checking report carried out at the start of your um, uh, your agreement, then certainly you need to make sure that you know standards are as close to or similar to mm -hmm. um, uh, the property being at the end of uh, the term of the agreement. And really, you know, um, I haven't yet experienced that because you know I started last year, so. Is, it is a process whereby I think having the communication with the landlord as well will help deal with, um, throughout the term of the agreement, will help deal with any um, uh, any fallout at the end of the term when you're sure. handing the property back because, you know, they may pull you up on a point which um, you've been notifying them about for the previous nine or ten months yeah. and they want you to reinstate it. But actually because, you know, you've been reporting to them over the term of the agreement, you can say, well, I'll let you know about this here. So, you know, we can't take responsibility for it because that, that's part of your obligation sure. with regards to the property. Yeah. So that really deals with the property offboarding. Yeah, and now um, Steve and I have done this a couple of times. We've handed back a few properties mm -hmm. because it's come to the end of the, uh, the agreement. So typically a three-year agreement. One of the properties that we handed back was on Tamstock Street in Bedford, mm -hmm. three-story uh, HMO. Um, after three years, we handed it back to the, the, uh, the owner yeah. because she wanted to sell the property, which is cool. And we went through the same process. Mm. So I think that's given you a really useful overview, those 11 steps. So thank you, Matt. Yeah, One thing I will say is there's a lot here. And we want to make this easy for you as possible. So not only are we providing you um, more details of every single one of those steps, but I really strongly recommend that you understand the process of those 11 steps. Mm. And then unless you want to be busy, and you know, I want you to make good money from HMOs mm. uh, without you doing the work, then I want you to know the process know the steps involved, and then leverage and outsource as much as that as possible. Because don't forget, we all do this because we want to make a decent income. We don't necessarily want to work crazy hours. If you're here, listen to this, you want to replace your job income, for example, or you're doing this to generate extra income to give you more time, yeah. then there's no point learning it all than doing it all yourself. Please don't do that. Yeah. Um, I spoke at an event not so long ago about HMOs, a property networking event, yeah. and a lady in the audience came up to me afterwards and said, I can't believe you know, you've got more than one HMO, I'm really, really busy. The, the fact was that she was working, doing every single one of these tasks herself. She was cleaning it, she was checking people in, checking people out, being their social worker, um, you know, agony arts. So, it's really important, and I think it's brilliant that Matt shared this with you. Yeah. It's important that you know these steps. We're going to give you more uh, information on every single one of these in future episodes, as well as hacks, HMO hacks, so you can leverage and outsource the majority. Cool, good stuff. Alrighty, so thank you everyone for listening. Um, we are going to go on the next episode about how to find your gold mine area. This is the area that you should be focusing your time and attention on, whether you're looking to buy HMOs, 
or buy properties and convert to HMO, or if you are looking to do rent on HMOs as well. So thank you for listening on behalf of uh, the HMO experience. I'll say goodbye from me, Jamie Madill. Goodbye. Bye, Maris. <laughs> See you guys in the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the HMO Experience. Don't forget that all of the resources mentioned in each episode will be available on our website, www.thehmoexperience.co.uk. We regularly update our website with new content to help you along your HMO journey. So make sure you check out www.thehmoexperience.co.uk for more details. Also, remember to join our online community by liking the HMO Experience Facebook page and subscribing to our YouTube channel.